Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, final hours here, Monday edition. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Holiday week, short week. Brings more energy to the table, doesn't it, Chad? Always. I feel like you really, when you know you have a short work week, yeah. I think everybody can relate to this, you automatically bring, you can go one of two ways. Usually you bring more energy to it because you know you're going to fit a lot more into a short amount of time, or you really start to check out quickly. Yeah, because think, you have so much to do. Yeah, you know, well, or just I'm ready to not work and get to a holiday, so let's go ahead and get eat. there. That's not what we're going to be doing this week, though, Hutton. We're going to be we're going to be ready to go each and every day. Um, is Harbaugh going to be ready to go for the season next year? Back and forth here. The we NFL go. season or the uh, college season? Well, that's a good point because you mean as the Vegas Raiders head coach I, or the coach of the Michigan Wolverines? I because those are two different answers for me. I think um, you know I've gone back and forth on this. Where yeah, he's out. And this was based on the three-game suspension to begin the year that Michigan self-imposed based on the recruiting violations. And here comes Feldman this past weekend saying that, well, um, there could be a lengthy suspension for him whenever we get to the offseason. And I know that I rolled my eyes at that too. For recruiting violations during the COVID period that the NCAA is or was investigating. And that resulted in the Michigan suspension, hoping the to, to lighten the, the potential penalty. Um, and then you also add in the sign-stealing investigation that's going on, and he could be suspended, face a, a lengthy suspension for the 2024 season. If he gets any indication that he's going to face that, Chad, he's, he's coaching in the National Football League. He's not the head coach at Michigan. And Feldman's quote in the report on Saturday, it would not be surprising if Jim Harbaugh if he's still the coach at Michigan, would be suspended for the bulk of the 2024 season, I'm told. So I, I've been you know, pretty defiant about something needs to happen to Michigan in all this. Like, they've done wrong. They need to be disciplined. I'm totally fine with a three-game suspension. I didn't think they were wrong by that, the way Michigan fans would have you believe. Not yet. No. Maybe this weekend. But no, I, I, I will. Uh, this is a little bit of a turn for me. But I will start to say, that while Michigan needs to be punished and punished more than this three-game suspension, it does get a little weird when everyone continues to claim that Jim Harbaugh knew nothing about it. I don't believe that. But if they can't prove that, and they're adamant that he didn't, it seems like overkill to continue to suspend Jim Harbaugh, especially given the fact that Michigan, by the way, is still undefeated without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline when these suspensions are happening. Yeah. So at some point... Let's take it away from Jim Harbaugh and affect Michigan with scholarship reductions, fines, something else. Vacated games, uh, can't win the Big Ten championship for one year next year, something. Postseason ban, whatever. Like th This whole Jim Harbaugh thing, if you keep doubling down on that, I think gets a little redundant. And if you're that serious about th what they've done against the rules... Find another way to discipline them at some point, right? 
Well, I would, I would just say, if you're going to discipline Harbaugh, this is the year to do it. That's why we were so um, on the soapbox about it. And it took the Big Ten stepping in in order for it to happen. And quite frankly, and they were the only ones that could at the time. Like the NCAA well, wasn't going to act that fast. Well, they but, yeah. act, but they also knew that there, there was an appeals process where you have to give the, the school and the program a certain amount of time to present the appeal. And by that period of time, college football playoff has come and gone, potentially. Um, the only way to do it is if you can't appeal and you could not appeal this, you could take it to a court system. But we know Michigan chose not to do that last week. This is this is an indication. Does it feel like overkill on Harbaugh, though? Well, a little bit. Like, but uh, they're, they're, does someone else face any punishment but in he's this really, in Michigan? To me, this is going back, though, Chad, to the previous investigation. Yeah, where, which could be part of the suspension. And, and, yes, and he was he was defiant that he wasn't going. He was negotiating his own deal at the time. He was leaking out there. There was, was over a hamburger. Yeah, you know, which, and, that, which did make them very angry. Well, they pulled the offer. They they said we're not accepting anything like this. We'll come back. We'll we'll come back to you. We're we're not accepting what was proposed in our talks. And then Michigan, in their response to this, self-imposed the three-game suspension, not the four that was being reported, and quite frankly, mocked by Harbaugh at Big Ten media days, where he's standing at the podium talking about the hamburger, and oh, he was not doing that. He was defiant in the fact that he didn't feel like there was anything wrong and he was going to be the coach on the field. Um, and then it was leaked about the hamburger. That was the push, right? It was, it was the spread through the, the concessions or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I think it's more or less he's pissed off the NCAA. And we know what happens when that, you, they focus on you. They, 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 don't, they, they focus on the program, but they can focus on an individual pretty easily. I think we're going to know the answer from Michigan fans on this, and I'll throw it open to our YouTube chat as well where you can watch us with this question. At what point is Jim Harbaugh not worth it if you're Michigan? Uh, again, I, I get it. You've won a lot of games. Now, you've won a lot of games in the midst of a big-time cheating scandal in terms of how you got signs of other teams. I, I know that both are true. Bobby Carpenter, I thought, said it well. They gained a competitive advantage, and they're one of the best teams in America. And they're winning a lot of games because they're very, very good. Both true. But at what point are you just thinking, we haven't lost without him on the sideline. It's Michigan. There are plenty of great coaches you could go hire that would love to coach that program. Is the headache truly worth it? There were NFL, I mean, San Francisco 49ers, great example. Eventually, the headache wasn't worth it with Jim Harbaugh. And how quickly we forget Michigan fans that it wasn't too long ago that Jim Harbaugh was in Minnesota interviewing for the Vikings gig on National Signing Day or the night before National Signing Day and trying to leave your program. I mean, loyalty is a two-way street here. He had, he had Rob Walton fly to Ann Arbor. The yes. owner of the Denver Broncos flew to Ann Arbor to try to get him to change his mind and, just, take, and I, take the Denver I, Broncos we, job. I think we just get so wrapped up in the here and now and all Michigan fans can see, and I feel like it, it should be a pretty smart football fan base, but all they can see is right now, and right now they're undefeated and could play for a national title. And I understand all of that. But if you look at everything in totality of Jim Harbaugh, what he was for a while, he was on the hot seat at one point. He has turned it around since then, the last three seasons. But in those, in those three seasons, 
there's been a big cheating scandal that went on with Connor Stallions. And, oh, by the way, also he committed NCAA violations that got him popped for a three-game suspension. And then you're double-downing on that. And also keep in mind, he's been interviewing for an NFL job. At what point do you just say, enough is enough? Can we go hire someone else already? I mean, all the winning has been great, but a lot of guys could win at Michigan. Do Michigan fans think Jim Harbaugh is the only one that can win at a high level at, at Michigan? I, I don't think so. I know he's done a good job. I understand well, they, being blinded they, a bit by now, but... They do as long as he beats Ohio State. There's plenty of people that could win at, at Michigan. They, but but again, been, if they beat Ohio State, it's without him again on the sideline. Yeah, but, they, but he continues to do that. And they, they're on their way to a college football playoff again. You know? Like that, that's the other part of it is um, the results... The results have been so good. They are trying, as an administration, they're trying to get him under contract before there's any conclusion to this investigation whatsoever. Now, this was when they were all in backing Harbaugh and defiant over any investigation that was going on or potential penalty, even before the Big Ten got involved. Just the NCAA being on campus. And they, they fired Stallions. You know, They fired another staffer. Uh, last week. Now the tone's changed a bit, but I don't think the tone has changed on do they want Jim Harbaugh as their coach? And I mean, Chad, it, the brutal honesty with this situation is any college football program that's winning at this level, that has the investment in football the way Michigan does, and there's plenty of examples across the country where they do. If you're winning, there is no, there, there is no discussion about when is enough enough as, as long as it's just this, because everyone believes everyone's doing it. I'm saying every, everyone within the bubble means everyone's doing it. And it took the big 10 and Tony Petiti to step in and suspend for three games. And here we are where they're accepting that. And they're, if they continue to win out that one more game, he's back and they've served their penalty. Well, it, maybe it takes one loss for Michigan to turn on them this year and then say, okay, now we're out of the playoff and uh, this is all going on. So, you know, go to the NFL if you want. I, I don't know. Being a Michigan guy and a Michigan grad helps. I will not say Michigan man ever again. That, that title's over forever. But being a Michigan guy helps Harbaugh, but it only helps when you're winning. He was on the hot seat at one yeah. point. And I, I, let me tell you something. Being a Nebraska man didn't help Scott Frost when he sucked in his entire time there in Lincoln. He got canned too. So... I get that it's about the winning right now, but there's got to be a point where if this is true and he's going to be suspended for 80% of next season, that you don't just continue to say, you know, we're going to stand by him no matter what. Hey, let's get Santa Ono over here to work up a new contract extension to show how much we're behind our guy who's suspended for 80% of the next season and can't coach the team on game days. It's just... You know they'll is do it, it not tiresome at some point? Not to them. They continue to write. The last statement we heard from Santa Ono, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one uh, when the suspension was initially announced going to Penn State, where he, he released that statement on behalf of Harbaugh and backing him. The other thing, too, I looked at was like uh, Feldman. Two things I thought of. First, I keep, I keep thinking about the report that the NFL won't necessarily be some safe harbor for Jim Harbaugh. And what, to me, what that is referring to, if I'm the NFL, is what other details come out to where you connect this to something as significant as Spygate? That's, that's, what, that's where the safe harbor would not be there. 
and they wouldn't necessarily allow him to just skip out on the suspension. Bobby alluded to that. He said, I think there, we're, we're hearing there's more information out there that has not been released yet. It would not be surprising if Harbaugh could be suspended for the bulk of the 2024 season. If that's the case, don't you have to have further evidence than what we know for the bulk of the 2024 season? And it, part of this is going to be the recruiting violations, which isn't going to impact him as far as the NFL and the, the whether or not he's eligible, quote-unquote. But I, I do think about that. And the other thing, too, is like, I, I shake my head. Are, are we sure we're going to have any uh, conclusion in 2024 to this? Oh, I mean, Who knows? Who knows? Th- that's true. Do we think the NCAA is going to be done this football offseason with the investigation in time to levy a suspension or something else to Michigan for the 2024 season? Doubtful. Very doubtful. They'll probably still be getting new information at that time. <laughs> We're going to find out Connor Stallion's assistant sometime in you know August of 2024 before the season kicks Which off. Which comes first, Chad? And I'll continue to bring this up on the show. Which comes first, the conclusion of the NCAA investigation or Central Michigan's oh, investigation? Oh, I knew where you are going to go with this. i got to find the name of the lady running Central Michigan's athletic department. David, we need to email her asking for an update on her internal investigation into Connor Stallion's media pass and sideline pass. That just went away. No one's... No one's where yeah. is the Central Michigan media in all of this? Why are you not hounding this lady every day for an answer on the conclusion of their investigation into Connor Stallions? Why? I need resolution on this. Amy Folan. We need closure. Amy Folan? Folan. Folan? F-O-L-A-N. Amy Folan. This is my appeal to you right now. You've worked hard. You worked very hard to get where you are. At the top of the ladder of the Central Michigan Chippewa Athletic Department, you have a responsibility, a big one at that, to lead these young men and women on the field. You lead their coaches. You make sure they have a good college experience. What your responsibility is not to do is to give a sideline pass to a Michigan assistant coach to illegally steal signs. You saw the photo. You reacted with a statement. You said you would investigate. It is now your responsibility to release information on that investigation. Please do so right here on Outkick Hot Mike anytime. Open invitation. Join us anytime to release the investigation so we know once and for all how Connor Stallions got this sideline pass, Hutton. It's time. The first uh, report I see is uh, October 31st at uh, Central Michigan investigating whether or not Connor Stallions was on their sideline. And nothing since. Uh, yeah, November 20th. That's right. Nothing since. Um, Should she hold a press conference when she does? Yes. Do you think that she'll – Central Michigan to hold a press conference today on Connor Stallions? Well, they just release statements now. Or it'll just be a release statement. Santa Ono would tweet it or post it on See, X. if I wanted to get a better job than Central Michigan, I would host hold a press conference. She's been there since 2020. People are going to see what real leadership looks like today from Amy Folan when I tell the world – how we screwed up on this Connor Stallions deal or what all he did to get his, his pass illegally or whatever she's going to claim. So there's, a, there's some discussion. That there's a claim that Michigan fans could boycott game day in the background, like not show up. Um, is that not the dumbest idea ever, considering like the small amount of Ohio State fans that will be making this road trip could just show up and dominate game well, day? Well, that, that's what I'm thinking. That, that's the funny part is I, Ohio State's got to be hoping <laughs> – that happens because then they just show up and, the and do Buckeye chants the, the whole signs. time and have and dominate with all the signs about Michigan. That's what's going to happen. Just show up dressed as Stallions. Now, I, it's very easy to do it. Like, 
if Michigan fans get the word out online, no one go to college game day, they won't go. There'll be like a few older families that didn't get the memo that just show up, but then they're going to be surrounded by Ohio State fans. They're going to leave because they're not going to want to be around that. But the, I mean, to me, it's it's better served if you show up and you have some creative signs in the background than anything else than not being there. And then you just have Ohio State fans or the casual fans that bought tickets. Well, I hope that look, I, I root for chaos. So yeah. I hope this boycott works and that Ohio State just completely dominates the, the backdrop. I'm sure Bobby Carpenter feels the same way. Looking at the uh, one of the sports talk hosts in, in Ann Arbor, the best thing Michigan fans can do is just not show up. Game day is only game day because of the crowd behind it. No show and take away the atmosphere they crave. Well, the no shows for Michigan may be there. Ohio State will, will show up. Huntley, Early and often. We've got a great quote when we come back from Mike Elko, Duke head coach, right now that he just said about what's about to transpire in 13 days. Okay. The countdown is on in 13 days. I'll tell you what's about to happen. Hot Mike with Hunter Whitford rolls on across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on here on the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, Elko said what? Mike Elko says in a radio interview, we're probably about 13 days away from complete anarchy in the Wild West. He said it is open free agency for all of college football. I don't think anyone is immune to what is about to happen in the transfer portal. Okay. It is what it is, and you've got to put together a strategy to retain your players, and NIL is a big part of it. Something we know, but this is the time of year where it's about to get crazy. I mean, it, think about when your school has a coaching search and how you're just refreshing a, a website, a message board every 15 minutes to get nuggets about a coaching search and how much fun that can be. That's, to me, every yeah, offseason now, right when the season ends, because – you got simultaneously in December, signing day, the signing period for high school players. Then you've got once that season ends, the next day, guys entering the portal, some surprises, some not. 
And then it's speculation about where these transfers may be visiting or ending up. It really is chaos now for rosters. It's the reason, Hutton, that I don't even look at what year someone is anymore. I, I, know. I really don't. It's tough. The era of what is he, a sophomore or junior, has gone away, in part because of COVID and the extra year for everyone of eligibility. I can't even tell who has eligibility when everyone oh, can he's got play the COVID their, year. Yeah, yeah, 26, 27 years old, you're playing college football uh, all you want. So I don't know. And I don't even look at it anymore, how much eligibility someone has. But why? Because there's no guarantee they're going to be back on your team okay. next year. You just don't know. Chad, I want read this quote again because it's a short paragraph. Okay. Now think about the Texas A&M head coach saying this. We're you, probably about 13 days away from complete anarchy in the Wild West. It's literally open free agency for all of college football. I don't know that anyone is immune to what is going on in the transfer portal. It is what it is. You got to put together a strategy to retain your players, and NIL is a big part of it. Yes. Now that that rings different. Yeah, if he's at A and M, he's thinking, "Hey, let's bring on the chaos. Bring us your players here's, because we have all the NIL money." Here's here. what he said about Duke and the job and where he could be. It's a I mean, and staying or not staying in the rumors. He's, he says he's not oblivious to what people are saying. It's a profession where people just like to put stuff out there. I'm very committed to Duke. Everybody knows I'm very happy at this place. We're doing a lot of really special things. My family's very happy here. We love everything that this place is for. I say it all the time. When you're doing your job, everybody thinks you're leaving. When you're doing your job bad, everyone thinks you're leaving. It's literally the nature of college coaches, so you try not to pay attention to any of that. Now, he said a lot of words there. Yes. Um... I will say, usually if you are thinking about leaving, you don't say as many words what, as he one said. Final, one final sentence here. Yeah. I'm obviously not oblivious to it, and we certainly have addressed it just because it needs to be addressed, but I don't know where that stuff comes from. Nobody ever asked my opinion on what I think about things. Again, more words, and that's pretty much it. So if you read the uh, comments on anarchy, it works okay if you're at Texas A&M and College Station. With the money. It definitely And, and you would also have better. to retain certain players who would you like to retain from that roster where, uh, you know, uh, Billy Lucci and others have said, like, it could be a who's who scattered across the Big Ten and the SEC based on who leaves that roster and enters the portal. Well, immediately everyone was um, speculating once Jimbo Fisher was fired. I saw about eight different programs say, here are players on A&M's roster to look out for to transfer to this school based on finishing second in recruiting, ties to the coaching staff, ties to a high school, whatever. So it's going to be that way with a lot of programs. Um, according to Jay Glazer, we could see Aaron Rodgers back on the practice field for the New York Jets uh, coming up soon, uh, as early as December the 2nd, uh, according to Glazer. Um, he's trying. He's seeking to do that. He's wanting to do that. Chad, I can't help but think this is more about proving that he has rehabbed to a point where he could have returned last season going into this offseason. Now, if the Jets were truly in contention, it's a totally different mindset for me on what he's trying to do. But he said he's going to be try he's trying to get back. Um, he says that he's going about it different than anyone. He had a, 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 a different type of procedure the very best that he could have done, and he's uh, crushing it in the rehab. I, I believe all that, but he wants everyone to believe all that. 
And forgive me for thinking it's more about optics if he's on the practice field throwing the ball around while Tim Boyle takes the first team snaps. Yeah, I also think he's going to say it. Like he's uh, pretty honest now about things. Like he's going to say, "Oh, I could play, but we're going to, you know, wait until next year because we're out of it." <laughs> I think what's stopping Aaron Rodgers from just saying that? And to, to your point, because he, he wants to prove right wrong. Hey, you said I couldn't do it. I could play, but we're not going to. He might just outright say that. That I'm practicing because I'm physically ready, even though you all claimed I couldn't do it. But I'm, we're, we made an organizational decision for me not to play. So I'm not going to play. Yeah. And by the mid-December, that, that would be around the time he could play. That's what he's trying to push. Um, yeah. Uh, again, if you were just joining us, Tim Boyle is the starter for the New York Jets on Black Friday against the Miami Dolphins. The backup is Trevor Simeon. Third string now is Zach Wilson. He's not the Jets quarterback. But it's time for, that's my quarterback. It's my quarterback. What do you have for us, Davey? Tio gets me every time. Guys, to start us off. choked up. I'll be your wingman. And I'm looking for the guy you think you would be best friends with that's a current NFL quarterback. That's, um, those sunglasses hit different with the hockey jersey on, Davey. Better or worse? I think a little better. Okay. The top of the jersey, it's the Predators jersey, so yellow like and a, so bright. A hoodie. You, yeah, you, can, you actually you need it. sunglasses to reflect off of it, so it works perfect. Yeah, I think you should tie it, too. No one ever ties it. Like tie, tie the, yeah. the bolts. No one's had the discussion about I mean, how, I'm not saying I would ever tie it. How but. that's yellow, and it's, it's gold. I'm like, that's yellow. Yeah, it's yellow. I agree. No, no, it's gold. No, it's yellow. Chad, um... I thought about Maze, maybe. I thought about Joe Burrow here. I feel like Joe Burrow would be a great uh, wingman, uh, or I'll be Joe Burrow's wingman. Whatever, great. I think the party would be awesome. Um, in a way, a bit low key. But I'm going with Matthew Stafford. Okay. Because proximity, we're some of the best golf courses in the Mid South, and also very low key in how he goes about things, but. I think, I mean, I'm old. I feel like I would relate better to Matthew Stafford than I would Joe Burrow. And Stafford, to me, would be a blast behind the scenes. Stafford also hung out with Leo and drank with him. Remember that story? about? Oh, yeah. It was based on him and uh, his wife. And there's another player and a wife that hung out. Yeah. Oh, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan and his wife were on vacation. See, that, they end up drinking with Leo. and a Matt Ryan I would, I, never even comes to mind for this. Uh, that surprises me more than anything. Yeah. Not, not that he hung with Leo. He's with Matt. <laughs> Davey, it's an excellent question. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. This okay. is good. Uh, just seems like the type of dude that'd be fun to throw a few back with. Uh, I like his personality in the commercials that he's getting now. Seems like an easy guy to talk to. Would be great in any you know friendly wingman, just dudes being dudes type situation. He's up there in Buffalo. And when I think about dudes being dudes, I think about dudes jumping through tables in freezing settings, that's Josh Allen. So he's a guy's guy. You could go duck hunting with Josh Allen. You could go out to a nice restaurant with Josh Allen. You could go out to the neighborhood corner bar with Josh Allen, and it's going to be a good time. I, Davey, are you surprised that Chad did not say Kirk Cousins? A little bit. I am too. A little bit. I am too. Because he's that, learned more about Kirk Cousins, and I have too, based on this one I show. Mean, you guys' kids could play together. Yeah, it's like, more aspirational. Like I think me and Kirk Cousins would have more in common given our station in life, but if it's like, I really want to be friends with this guy, right? I think I Kirk Cousins and I are already best friends. We just don't know it. Mm. Like, this is, a, this is like a crush. 
I'd have more of a crush on Josh Allen. I've got a man crush where I want to be what? friends with him. I feel like if Kirk Cousins and I hung out one time, we would just already be friends. We'd be like in carpool with each other or at the same kid's event and sweating through it the whole time. Do you think Zach Wilson would be fun to be around? No. Definitively, no. I No. I kind of think he would be. Because he ends up getting along with Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers tolerated him. And for what well, yeah. See, I I think I think they're just pulling the same uh, age of women. It's it's the line from Ferris Field. It's it's patience that allows a person like myself to tolerate a person like you. I think Aaron Rodgers talked more about his Abe backup Froman quarterback at one point with Zach Wilson than he. I, I mean, how many times did he mention Jordan Love on his own? You know, it yeah. was just. Well, that's my point. I, I think he'd get along with practically anybody. You're right, Davey, about you, your other comments. If you like older women, Zach Allen's definitely a great wingman. So that's always good. I would have gone with Gardner Minshew. So that's a good just one for me. Yeah. yeah, I think he'd be, you know, fun to hang out with. I could, I could see us like listening to the same types of music. Just wow. age. Creed? Yeah. Well, that's where like Kirk that's Cousins would come into play. But uh, he's too much of a family man. I'm, I'm not at that stage yet. But good, a good Davey, role model. Davey Kirk Cousins the would be a good role model. Family. <laughs> No, I, I agree for it. I'm just not yeah. there. If we were doing the opposite of Davey, can we name the quarterbacks here? Gardner Minshew would be on my list. Gardner Minshew's good. You're saying like the guys you wouldn't want to hang out no, with? No, no, not, not, not I wouldn't want to hang out with. I'm just saying like, I guess opposites track here because he said he could hang. I can take someone I don't think I'd be friends with. Russell Wilson. Oh, I agree. Totally agree with you. Um, Brock Purdy crossed my mind as someone to be cool to hang out with. Yeah. I, I just don't know much about him. I guess that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Mahomes, no. Would you want to hang no. out in Tommy DeVito's mom's basement? Would that be a cool hang? <laughs> After a three touchdown game, or <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think he he was uh, up there as one of the top five fantasy quarterbacks from this past weekend. I, I, I say Mahomes, no, because Jackson Mahomes could be around there. Oof, good point. Or Brittany. Mahomes would be cool, but th- you're right. There's a lot of baggage. Yes. hanging around him. All right. What's next, David? Uh, yeah, uh, quarterback whisperer needed. Looking for a guy that you think he's got the intangibles. He's got the talent, but he just needs somebody to be able to tap into that, and he needs that quarterback whisper as his coach. I'll begin. Um, I don't know that this guy would be great, but I'd like to see him with some better offensive coaching. It's Kenny Pickett. And uh, Matt Canada not getting the job done. Didn't get it done again yesterday. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's been great or done a lot to help himself, but – I do think he would be better with better offensive coaching and a better offensive system. So give me Kenny Pickett. The Dallas Cowboys didn't even want Kellen Moore. They just let him leave Dak Prescott and go straight to Los Angeles with the Chargers. Brandon Staley's a damn man walking. Uh, They have given up three different fourth quarter leads this season. The answer to me is Justin Herbert. With all of that talent, he is 29 and 30 for his career. And it really, I mean, some of it's on him, a lot of it's not. And for all of the great offense that we've seen, they put up points, they give up a ton of points, and they give up leads. And because of that, better coaching is needed. It's not to the level of Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, but it's been bad, really bad, to the point where as he goes into contract number two, you don't have the rookie contract at the quarterback spot to help bring in other players like you did, and you've wasted that. You've wasted that on right on the outside of being in that good category. They were good at going on the road and winning at Arrowhead. They were good 
at going forward on fourth down and being extremely uh, aggressive. They're not good at winning close games, and they're not good at Herbert getting and giving them a lead and then holding it. That's down to coaching and being aggressive on defense where they don't necessarily have to be. All right, guys. And then finally, you know, both those guys were drafted to be the franchise quarterback for their team. So I want us to take a look. We got one more week left in the regular season of college football, and I'm looking for a quarterback in next year's or this coming year's draft that's not projected to be a first-round pick, but that you think could be a franchise quarterback. Hutton, you start here. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the quarterback that has grown on me and is still very underrated is Carson Beck at Georgia. It would have been my answer two weeks ago. He's my answer right now. Um, throws all but what uh, completes every pass but six against Tennessee. He's getting better and better. Better and better and better. And he's thrown for at least 250 yards in every single game this year for Georgia. That includes games where they come out at halftime and they're down 11 to an SEC opponent in the middle of October where or early October where you feel like Georgia's not as good as they were. Everybody's in the NFL now. Stetson Bennett isn't here anymore. And then here he is, stepping up and leading them in comeback victories. Everyone mentions Georgia just coasting. They're not. They haven't been doing that. But that has led them to where they are, where they are now coasting. And it's due in large part to the progression and the development and the leadership of Carson Beck. Yeah, and so the, the question's about someone not projected to be a first-round pick. And this person's projections are kind of all over the board. But I see a lot that have mid to late second round for Jaden Daniels at LSU. I don't see that or understand it. I would draft him in the first round. If I'm someone, I think he's going to be a terrific pro. I really do. I wouldn't have said that a year ago. I certainly wouldn't have said it two years ago when he was at Arizona State. He has improved a ton. He's a difference maker with his legs. He's very accurate. He can throw the difficult, hard passes. He's got touch. Give me Jaden Daniels. Yeah, uh, Heisman Trophy finalist at the very He'll least. be in New York, absolutely. Carson Beck maybe too. Could be. Coming up, we'll preview Monday Night Football and wait until you hear what Robert Sala had to say about Zach Wilson. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot my with Hutton with our rolls on. Chad, uh... Two weeks ago, that Robert Sala joined Michael K on the Michael K show. And just for uh, background here, the Jets beat the Eagles. They then go on the road and they, well, they go on the road. They stayed at home, but it was a road game against the Giants. Yeah. They win that game. Stayed in the same building. Then they stay at MetLife Stadium and they lose 27 to 6 against the Chargers. And. Sala went on the Michael K show and faced questions about whether or not it was time to move on from Zach Wilson. Give him a try. No, I got you. No, it's, uh, again, the fair question. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, he, he, 
I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just uh, I've I kind of explained it. You know, yeah. respect. Cut off there. Pleading the fifth to a question about whether or not to play Trevor Simeon over Zach Wilson. Um, they're still not going with Simeon this upcoming week, Black Friday against the Miami Dolphins, but they are going with Tim Boyle as the starter. Simeon's now the backup, and Zach Wilson's third string. And so today, whenever he's announcing this, he's asked about, well, how do you feel about how it's all gone down with Zach Wilson this season? Uh, you know, have things gone exactly the way we wanted, wanted them to? No. Um, I wouldn't look at it as a failure. I, I look at it more as some unfor- a series of unfortunate events. But uh, I, I stand, stand strong in the belief that Zach's going to have a really good career in this league. Um, he's got tremendous work ethic. He's gotten a lot better over the course of the last year. A lot better. Uh, better, I guess, with accountability, but not much else. And, Chad, I can't help but think that if he wanted it, the whole I plead the fifth, he's, he's not behind the idea of just keeping him in there. It wasn't last year when they made the switch to Mike White. He's certainly not going to be this year when it hasn't improved on the field. Coaches and players hate to use the F word. And not the F word you're thinking about. They hate to say failure. Yeah. They won't use that word. A series of unfortunate events? No. You said it's next man up when Zach Wilson was the quarterback. He is a top five pick at quarterback that went in for Aaron Rodgers. You were expecting more. It has been a failure. He has been a failure. This whole situation has been a failure offensively at quarterback. It's not your fault necessarily because your guy you wanted to start went down with an injury. But it's not final when you say something was a failure. I think we got to remove ourselves from coaches feeling like if I say failure, everyone's going to take that as we can't come back from it. No. People fail all the time and they get back up and they improve and they get better from it. You can say that game was a complete failure top down. Or the Zach Wilson experiment was a failure. But we're going to get better from it. doesn't mean you're dead. doesn't mean it's over. Failure doesn't have to be the F word that everyone thinks it is. So it's a failure. It's, it's, it's okay so, to admit it's a failure. Yeah, and, and so part of this was, he's like, oh, we, you know, we wanted to play him behind Aaron, and he was going to get that redshirt year, and he never got the redshirt year that he needed for development. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Aaron Rodgers wanted Zach Wilson around. Otherwise... They're moving on from Zach Wilson way earlier than they did, and it's, it's I, I still say, it's still crazy to me that the Jets were a they they were relevant as long as they were, quite frankly. But failure is how I would describe the 2021 quarterback class. You've got Trevor Lawrence, who's finally starting to hit his stride in his prime. Zach Wilson, we know how that's gone. Third stringer, Trey Lance is a traded backup and backups being generous so to him. far a, a complete total bust. failure yeah failure justin fields is a starter i nearly considered him for the question we had about better coaching and then there's mac jones that's your 2021 quarterback class with all the hype behind it no one would have expected to go like this and unfortunately for robert sala no one was expected four plays into the season rogers is down but it's, it's another wasted year, and players begin to buy into that. They're wasting their years in the NFL 
when it's the same the same story or the same song, different verse. And we've seen a little bit of it here in Nashville with the Titans. It's why I appreciate Hugh Freeze saying yes. it was a failure. Great I failed example. to get him ready to go. I mean, that's not up to the standard of anything. Uh, we were completely out of it. Just admit it. Everybody saw what happened. It's okay to go ahead and say it. In fact, I think fans of your organization or your school, wherever you're coaching, it's refreshing sometimes to hear from the coach exactly what they just witnessed when they're going through it. Just just be honest about it. And I don't think that hurts anybody. I don't think it hurts your fan base. I don't think it hurts you as a coach. I don't think it hurts you in the locker room with guys that are legitimate competitors. It's okay to admit something's a failure while not saying that it's over forever and you can't bounce back from it. Those are two separate things. Chad, we, we discussed a lot about keeping the team together when you kind of know. Speaking of failure. Yeah, that, that things are going the opposite direction. Colorado fits this mold. Was it 56-14 the final to Washington State? Uh, I don't have the final in front of me. It was terrible. And Washington State has not been good. No. After a good start to the year, this was a failure of a performance from Colorado, and it prompted one of their running backs, Cavassier Smoke, to post the following on X. Simple fact, we could have went undefeated this year. Too much selfish ball going on. Can't win like that. Got to play and win as a team. But if you go the other route, you get results like this. Um, This is not going well in year one for Deion Sanders. It was a fast start. It got America watching. They had enormous ratings. Nothing has gone right since. They cannot block for Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders, at times... Looks like a very selfish player. I don't know if this is directed at the quarterback, per se. Probably a lot of offensive skill guys have gone their own way now. Um, it's not been a failure because Colorado's about where we kind of expected win-loss-wise at the end of the year. But based on the way this thing started, Hutton, it's easy to say it's been a failure since that point yeah, on. Yeah, four and seven now, right? That's where they, yep. they wrap up. And you've got... They captivated the college football audience. Um, they were the story of September. I will no say, doubt about to it. To me, the story of the season, though, is Shadur Sanders. Um, he was knocked out of the game twice in this blowout. They elected not to put him back in. He had the he he hurt his hand where he could not feel or grip the football. Goes back in, and then the you mentioned the line, Chad. He's rolled up on, and his ankles all messed up, so he can't go back in. Um, you know, and I, th- I believe that injury happened in the second half, and the, the hand injury was the the first half. And, the, and Dion, I don't know if you saw Dion yeah, post game f- fifty six to fourteen hundred, right? You nailed it. I don't know if, if you saw the post game presser with Dion. Dion is sick; <laughs> he can barely breathe because he's, he's so congested. And I guess it was I don't know the temperature. I'm assuming it was awful weather. And he just sits there, and he his eyes are watering. It was it made me feel sick. You think he was thinking, man, Starkville, Mississippi, but, sounds pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. But I'm also thinking, like, there's not too many things that Dion didn't handle well this season. And that's another takeaway for me in a four-win season where it felt like it should be way more. They should be bowl eligible, no question. They're not. But I do feel like I I did... I, I expected way less than four in the preseason. And yeah. I, I expected Dion to handle it worse... And, and not even just hell it works, just not live up to this type of head coach mentality and 
control. And it's more than just giving a speech to your current roster when you inherit it and say, most of you guys aren't going to be here. We're going to recruit over you. That's where the tone was set for me. And where I end it is way different because he set up there for 30 minutes where he's like, I'm sick, guys, but here's my thoughts on the game. Speaks for five minutes on it and then takes every possible question he could about the effort and mentality of the team and just the, the, the fire, the passion. He's mentioned the last three weeks, though, his team has not had the passion that he wants. He doesn't say that they quit, and he gives specific examples of that. And Shador didn't quit either. I, I wonder what Caleb Williams would have done. The link, the long, that's, what, that's where I'm comparing things. The long season reveals teams for what they are, eventually. You're going to have a bigger body of work to show. George is the opposite of this. Where they started out, we were thinking, ah, they're not as good as they have been. Stetson Bennett, huge loss. And All Bama. those NFL guys, yeah, not as right. good. Bama, oh, no, nah, the dynasty's over. Lost two games last year. Just got beaten easily at home by Texas. And, and look how those two teams have improved. Colorado's the, the flip side of that, that it started well, but they were masking things with smoke and mirrors. And then the season revealed itself. It started with that double overtime loss at home to Stanford. Then they lose 28-16 to UCLA. They lose 26-19 to Oregon State. These next two are not bad. Two ranked teams. They lost by seven to Oregon State. They lost on a last-second field goal to Arizona, who's 21st. Those aren't bad performances for this Colorado team. 56-14 to to Washington State is a very bad performance. They close out the season at Utah, who also had a bad performance this past weekend, by the way, the Utes. Um, Four and eight, better than a year ago, obviously, for Colorado. Hutton, I just think the question starts to come into play of if you're not going to recruit and develop high school players at a good clip that you can develop, especially on both lines of scrimmage, I think it's really hard to take this approach of these guys suck. I'm going to trade all of you out for 10 new offensive linemen, and that's going to be my guys who play next year. That's very difficult in one offseason to turn over that way. Maybe he can do it. I think it's going to be hard to do it that way. I, I agree with it from the high school perspective. And you're right in the trenches. But here's the thing. He's got to go through the portal. Because if you go through the high school ranks now, those guys aren't up to the quality and the size and the development and the, the growth spurt that you need. Or you wait on your offensive lineman to reach that and play at the collegiate level. So he's, all, he's got to do that whether or not he really wants to or not. Um, you know, he's also saying that, you know, other teams are saying that they're telling recruits that Dion's not going to be at Colorado in 2024 because of Texas A&M. Oh, he's mad. He's getting sabotaged. Yeah. That's coaching, dude. He's about to sabotage everybody. Yeah. Everyone that you're recruiting is there's a coach saying something bad about you. That's for every program. But if you name your chief competition at any power five program, there is a coach recruiting that's probably said something about someone leaving or something happening at another program to try to keep them away from that. If you uh, if you haven't seen it, go see the the YouTube post game presser w- with Dion. Chat Eagles Chiefs tonight Monday Night Football. Chiefs favored by two and a half. Over under is forty five and a half. For perspective, the Super Bowl was at fifty one and a half on the over under. Both quarterbacks, both teams had the bye week. I think it's going to be a fantastic game because both too. quarterbacks had a week off, an extra week to prepare for this opponent. And I don't care what what the matchup is. I'm taking the under. Night games, 26 and 8 on the year for the NFL when taking the under. Monday night football unders, 11 and 1 this season. How do you not just ride this trend until Vegas gets it right? I even asked Furman about this on Friday. 
He didn't have a great answer for it about why Vegas hasn't adjusted to the over-under. No adjustment at all on that. It's crazy. Um, so, Hutton, you're going under on this one? Taking the under. And I think tomorrow we're, we're discussing more about Philadelphia than Kansas City. I think Philly can make a statement tonight. Um, I think Philly has been the better team yeah. so far this year. Uh, I still think Kansas City probably gets it done tonight. I'm going to go back to the well because it worked again. Okay. And I like to go with Anytime things that, that's worked before. Okay. I am going to go with Rasheed Rice plus 200 once again for an anytime touchdown. He has become, he doesn't have a ton of touchdowns, but lately he's been more of a red zone target for Patrick Mahomes. Give me Rasheed Rice anytime touchdown. Forgive me for bringing up Taylor Swift. What is, did you have the odds for Kelsey anytime touchdown? Because he plays better when she's there, she's not going to be there. Travis Kelsey is minus 120. Odds are minus 120 for Kelsey. A.J. Brown is plus 115. Those are the two highest odds. Then it's Jalen Hurts plus 120. I think, enjoy the game. This is only the ninth time that we've seen a rematch in the regular season uh, from the uh, Super Bowl champ against the team that took them to the, to the brink. And then also, it's very rare, I think the fourth time maybe, fifth time that we have seen the two teams from each conference with the best records meet up past week 11. Week 11 or, or later. So, soak it in. Should be really good. We'll recap it tomorrow. Have a great evening. Join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern. I'm out with Hutton Withrow.